Welcome to episode 400 of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Today, I have brought back my BFF, Matt Landau, to share the 400th episode with me. Matt has been on the show so many times I can't count, and every one of those episodes has been hugely successful, downloaded more than any other. So I wanted to bring him back for this time and talk about hospitality. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Welcome to episode 400. So going back to where this all started was back in around about January of 2013. Can't believe it's that long ago. And I got an idea that I should start a podcast. Podcasts were becoming popular around the world. And as I I love to get in on things at the start, and I thought this will be the first podcast for the vacation rental industry. So I went to do a course because I, I don't do anything without consulting with the experts. And I found Cliff Ravenscraft, who at the time had his own podcast and his own website, and it was called Podcast Answer Man because I did not have a clue. I didn't have a clue about the technology. It was very clunky in those days too. You know, think, you know, we are talking eight years ago and I had a lot to learn. And in the, I think the course I did was eight weeks. In the eight weeks of that course, I learned everything that I've put into practice and mostly kept going until this day. So huge shout out to Cliff Ravenscraft. Thank you so much for helping me to become the podcaster that I am today. And I guess a pioneer in podcasting for the vacation rental business, because there are now so many podcasts out there, far more than I can keep up with. And for just about anything, you'll find a podcast, but certainly in the short-term rental area, there are a lot out there. You know, go out and try them. There's some that have been around a long time as well. I know that Jasper Rivers came on board very shortly after me and started his podcast, Get Paid for Your Pad. And then Evelyn Badia, of course, with the hosting journey, plus many others. And I'm sure you've listened to a lot of those. And of course, my friend Matt Landau, who is joining me today on this podcast, has his own show as well. Of course, he's got his TV show, but we'll be talking about that. So I've learned a lot in the past eight years 
about not not just about podcasting but about this business because I've learned from all the wonderful people who have joined me over the 400 episodes. I've interviewed around didn't actually do a full tally but around about 325 people. Some people have been on the show multiple times, you know, there's Andrew McConnell who joins me now every 6 months uh, to talk about the state of the industry. My friend Tyan Marsink has been on multiple times. Andy Medic from from Sea Change Vacation Rentals, and you're going to hear, be hearing more about Andy Medic in the months to come as we begin to do a joint podcast uh, and video broadcast. So you'll be uh, catching on to that very soon. Uh, Amy Highnote, of course, everybody knows Amy. Amy's been on the show a number of times. I just wanted to give a shout out to her and thank her so much. And I can't wait to see you, Amy, at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in December in New Orleans. That is going to be a blast. And of course, all the independent property managers and hosts and suppliers who have joined me on this podcast over the years. Far too many to count one by one. But I know that as I look at the episodes that are downloaded every week and every week I find that a couple of people have downloaded episode number one or episodes one to ten. You know, they're starting right from the very, very beginning. And and I absolutely love that. And thank you very much. And if you're new to the podcast today, thank you. Thank you for listening. It makes it all worthwhile when I when I see the download numbers. You know, we are going to be hitting 1 million downloads this year. And it's you guys out there that are listening to me that really make it all worthwhile and and have me standing at this microphone every single week and bringing you, hopefully, something new. So as I said, my friend Matt Landau from the Vacation Rental Marketing blog, vrmb.com, is joining me today. Matt and I have known each other for over 10 years And we will probably do a little reminiscing, going down memory lane a little about when we met, which was at a home away conference a number of years ago, and what has transpired since then. But mainly we're going to be talking about hospitality because in Matt's TV show and his documentaries, he has been exploring how hosts and managers demonstrate their hospitality chops to their traveling public, to the to the guests who come and stay at their places. Some of these people do extraordinary things, but most of them do things very, very consistently. And I want to find out from Matt, what are the most important things that he's drawn from all those people over all those episodes of his TV shows that show we are an extraordinary hospitality industry. And we can learn a lot from these hosts and managers. So without further ado, you don't want to hear me rattling on any longer. Let's go on over to my interview with my BFF, Matt Landau. So for our 400th episode, 400, I am so happy to have with me Matt Lando from the Vacation Rental Marketing blog and from loads of other stuff that Matt does that we're going to talk about a little bit in this episode. But we're essentially going to be talking about you know, hospitality, which has been my theme over the past couple of weeks. So Matt, thank you. Welcome. Such a pleasure to see you and to hear you. 
400. I know. Crazy, isn't it? It's just crazy. I 400 episodes. Yeah, sitting here every single week. <laughs> I think with my vacation rental business, every now and then we would realize we we're crossing a milestone, like our 100th guest or our 100th five-star review. It's worth taking a, a moment out of your day and recognizing how absolutely incredible that is. Well, I'm taking a moment out of my day to think about it. <laughs> 400 podcast episodes on, in addition to running a full-time vacation rental management company. Yes. And this full-time vacation rental management company that has just hit the roof in terms of revenue and occupancy and new acquisitions these last two years. So I, you know, I know it's been tough on many, many people, but I, you know, I, I can't not embrace the fact that it's been the best two years of, apart from the fact, of course, that we've been locked down for six months in both <laughs> years, 2020 and 2021, we were locked down. Yeah. Five months last year, six months this year, but we've still hit absolute records. And has this thwarted in, in what would have otherwise been burnout, this renewed energy and I, activity? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's quiet, you know. People, we, we've got 130-odd families in properties this week, and it's really, really quiet. Mm. We get the odd, hey, there's a mouse, or there's an electrocuted raccoon, or odd little things going on, but people are in general, they're there, they're having a good time because they've been waiting for it for so long. So I know we've seen so many more people say that guests seem to be very intolerant this year, but I'm finding that they're just so happy. Certainly up here, they're so happy to be away that they're accepting most things, even our vile weather, which we've had the last month. I think also, you're maybe not giving yourself enough credit because there's a lot of anticipating that goes into guests' needs and predicting and looking at patterns and refining your craft that leads to the beautiful silence. So maybe that has to do something with it too. Yeah, a lot of preparation. And I've been talking about that over the last six months. You know, you learn 20 years in this business and you learn what works, what doesn't. We've made one little switch this year, Matt, and we started using text messaging and we, we took on the Breezeway text app and it's revolutionized the entire business. Everybody's done, you know, three years ago, I remember going to, and we were in New Orleans and you hosted a, an, an event a few years ago now. And you had us all sit down at a long table and we had to talk about that. And I can't remember exactly what we were tasked with. But you were asked to bring your own independent theory. Right. Your own, your own theory about vacation rentals that you were working on. And I, I, I struggled with that one. <laughs> but there was a lady at that table who, who was talking about texting. Should I only text with my guests? I don't do anything else. And I sat there and I thought, well, we've never used a text. I, I wasn't texting at the time. And I thought, yeah, I just let my guests do what they want and we'll respond in any way. But now we're finding that 95% of our communication is with text. And it's just crazy good. 
The, the other amazing thing that that does, in addition to like reducing the amount of phone calls, is it gives guests a chance to vent a little bit or at least address some little concern that they may have so that it's not kept bottled up for the review time. Yeah, well, it, the other thing we're doing is the automatic text at the before they leave home, you know, this love, this text the night before, you must be so excited about your vacation. You know, don't forget your sunscreen. Don't forget this. And um, we can't wait to have you arrive tomorrow. And then the, then they, there's an arrival text, bulk text every week. We don't, it's just set up and it goes out. And the bulk text goes out about two hours after their, their intended check-in. Hope you arrive safely. If you've got any problems, let us know. We are right here. And that has reduced our issue, you know, at the end of a week when people get home and they've, they've collected all the little things that have happened during the week and then they unload in one big email saying, we had a lovely time, however. And we're not, right. we haven't had any of those because we've given everybody the opportunity to do it at any time during their stay. So, yeah, text. Shout message. out to Breezeway. Oh, Breezeway. Fantastic. So, Corrine, if you're listening, <laughs> you were after me to get this up and running for a long time. <laughs> I wish we'd done it years ago. So, Matt, sounds this, this is more like you're interviewing me than I'm interviewing you. So, how long ago did we meet? 2010? You know, when we met was um, officially for the first time, it was at the Humaway Summit in Texas there. Yeah. Yes, I remember that so, so clearly because it's where I met Tyann as well. And yes, you gave a presentation and it was really interesting. There was lots of figures and lots. Do you, you remember that? Do you remember that presentation? No. Oh, you had, you had graphs and spreadsheets. Oh, yes. The one that I did with Marty, my yes. partner with VR Leap. Yes, that's right. We were showing how... Uh, what the data was telling us, the stories that the data the, yeah. of our tool was telling. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. And, uh, that was the last graph that I ever created. <laughs> I don't do graphs. Anymore. I'm very good at them. I, I was fascinated. But yeah, we, and I remember the, I think we were, it was, it was somewhere in Arizona. Was it Phoenix? I don't know, but it was. Oh, Arizona, right. Yes, yeah. yes. And it was a beautiful hotel. And, and I remember meeting, I remember that moment we met very fondly. <laughs> and look at us now, your 400th episode of the podcast. That's not going to be as exciting as the millionth download, which will be coming later this year. Wow. Milestones, baby. Yeah. So in the last five years or so, you've been growing the TV business. A sense of place became, what did it, what did the sense of place become? Vacation rental show. Vacation rental show. And no doubt you'll be going on to bigger and better things. I know you're going to be one day, we're going to be seeing you on Netflix or I don't know, something like that. Um, I'm just happy to be here on your Zoom. That's all. <laughs> I know that one day I'm going to be able to say, hey, I knew Matt Landau right at the very start. <laughs> okay, back to this. You've met so many people over the past five years of doing these shows and previous episodes where you've talked about some of the trips you did. You did uh, a bunch of essays. Do you remember doing those? And we talked through some of the essays about the people you met and the things that you did and the outstandingness of some of these hosts and managers. And 
I want in this episode to bring out some of that in terms of hospitality, a little bit of a hospitality masterclass, if you like. And you, why are you laughing? I'm laughing because like literally two hours ago, you sent me an email that says, <laughs> I'd like to talk about your last five years of meeting owners and managers and what makes them stand out to you. So basically a masterclass in hospitality. Okay. Oh, that's why you came back with the LOLs. <laughs> But I'm ready. I, well, I knew you would be. I knew you would be. I can do that. And it wasn't two hours ago. It was five. All right. <laughs> Actually, it might have been seven hours ago because I did it first thing this morning. So you've had plenty of time to prepare. So you, you said to me that you've, in that five hours, you have a thought about it and you want to sort of do it within a framework. So go. <laughs> <laughs> go. Um, the thing that is always worth saying up front is that the individuality of all of these owners and managers and properties and businesses is the coolest thing about it all. And that's what makes vacation rentals great. And that's also what makes finding commonalities a little bit tricky because every business is different and we are champions of uniqueness. But Across those years and across those interviews and across those experiences, I have started noticing patterns uh, that these most successful owners and managers have in common and my definition of success. And my definition is basically, are these people making money with their vacation rental business and fulfilling their goals? In some cases, those goals are to scale. In other cases, those goals are to cover the cost of a mortgage. In some cases, it's to do a job uh, that's meaningful to them on the side of their full-time job uh, and everything in between. So the happiness and the satisfaction of the owner or the manager is a metric uh, that I use. And so when I look across all of these different destinations and case studies, I noticed that for big commonalities stood out about their businesses. And I think it's worth using as a guidepost for our conversation. These four pillars are really sitting at the core of every profitable and sustainable vacation rental business that I have found to some degree. Some people are clearly stronger in one pillar than they are in another. But these are the things that sit at the very core. Uh, and I was thinking we could lay them out up front and then maybe go through them with a couple examples. Sounds perfect. So here they are in no particular order. Family, local, specialized, and surprises. So let's start with family. The most successful vacation rental businesses that I have come across have a family behind them. And it may be a nuclear family. It may be a generational thing in which they've taken over from their parents. It may be an amazing team that acts like family. But that family sitting beneath the business is not just uh, what makes it work, but also a huge advantage when it comes to marketing your vacation rental business, especially when you're quote unquote, competing against more faceless corporations that happen to be run by somebody somewhere else. 
So this element of family for me, and I think Heather, you're a perfect example, is really ingrained in the most successful cottage companies of our space, no? Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. When I, I look at all the people I've interviewed, you know, the property managers and and the in, independent owners that I've interviewed, there is that sense of family behind just about every single one of them. And and that that is what makes them unique and, and gives the personalization and personality to them. And one of my favorite examples of this uh, from the Unlock podcast is a VRMB community member named Sherry Woodhouse and her husband, Daryl. And they're such a unique story because they live in Illinois and their vacation rental is in Jamaica, <laughs> Villa May We. And Sherry, in the earliest days, refused to communicate to her guests about her family. She was just not comfortable with it. And I pushed her on it, but I respected the need to remain private in today's world. But what I love about that episode and what I love about Sherry's personal journey, her personal marketing discovery, is that when you can find the right balance of conveying who your family is or the family that's behind the business is, it makes a whole new level of connection with your prospective guests. And she was doing all the things, she just wasn't communicating it. And when she finally settled on this right balance of what family members she was going to talk about, what values uh, she did want to convey about their role in the local community, the moment she did start communicating those things, it was a, a new level of communication with her guests. I, I love that. It, it goes back to something that I've talked about a lot is that, you know, every website has to, should have an about us page uh, that says, this is, this is us. This is, this is the, us, the team, the family that is the backbone of this organization. And these are the values that we bring. Another way to think of it, if you're thinking to yourselves, we don't have a great story is think where you personally came from, what draw you personally to this position. So maybe you did something else for a living. Maybe you used to be a musician, or maybe you still are uh, studying, or maybe you have any number of professions. Other people hold those professions too. And it's incredibly inspiring when you meet someone who's actually very similar to you, but has gone on to create this new hospitality offering. So Mm -hmm. I think explaining what brings, what got you to this moment in time. And it could be your story, how you were introduced to the property itself or the destination. I think if enough thought goes into this process, everybody has that origin story that may not seem so amazing to you because you've lived it, but it really does give a personality, a family business vibe to your listing, to your website, to your blog, et cetera. Yeah, a couple of people I, I I I thought of while you were talking was Alana Meal with her properties in uh, Lincoln City, Oregon, and we had this most wonderful conversation where she she told me about all the work that she'd done in in Africa and how she's bringing all she's done over the last sort of ten ten or fifteen years and bringing that into her community and and sharing. And that is, you know, her community has become her family. Oh, and Brittany Blackman is another from Breathe Easy Rentals. You know, her, her backstory was working for, for another company and realizing that she could do better and taking it forward on her own. And there's so many others, so many. 
And explaining why you're doing this is a simple thing. And I think a lot of our listeners know it, what they enjoy most, what really keeps them going through the hard times, what they really, really are not willing to compromise on, what makes it tick. Simply sharing it, I think, Mm -hmm. with people is connecting. Yep. Lovely. All right. So that's number one, family. Should we move on to number two? Yeah. Local. Local. Yeah. So local is one of these other pillars that sits beneath the most successful owners and managers that I've met. And local has a couple of different implications, but it's basically knowing the area inside and out like a local and ideally having a physical presence there. So there are some owners and managers that are able to manage from elsewhere remotely, and they've got an amazing business model, but they're not able to take advantage in the same way that somebody who is located on the ground, who's able to look out the window and tell you what the weather's like when you call about making an inquiry, who, if the company is large enough, is able to talk really intelligently about each individual property that might be inquired about. This kind of local presence in any community is different than somebody who's located elsewhere. And it's a huge advantage if you are wielding it. When again, you're competing up against perhaps a corporation that's headquartered elsewhere. This local presence both literally, physically, and sort of intellectually, knowing enough people in town, having a good, enough good mm-hmm. connections, being able to be the ambassador of the destination, that localness is irreplicable. Tell you a story here on, on that one. Years ago, and must have been nine, nine years ago, we went to Costa Rica for the first time. And we had no idea what to expect. And the owners lived in Seattle, I think. And they gave us huge amounts of information about what we could do when we got there. And I was just a tad concerned about, okay, so when we get there, how do we do this? You know, I don't speak any Spanish. And, or I could, you know, a smattering of hellos, goodbyes and ordering Booze is probably the only thing I could do in Spanish. And, but when we got there, the owner had a local property manager who was absolutely, he was magic. And he came and visited us on the second day we were there and laid out all the different things we could do, all the tours we could do. And I wanted to go paddleboarding in the Pacific. And he got that all arranged and he made the trip for us. So he was the property manager. He was the boots on the ground, the ambassador for the owner. So I'm assuming that's fine. You can be remote if you've got boots on the ground. Yeah, for sure. Another great example that we actually just released uh, of Michelle Hodges of Meyer Vacation Rentals in Florida and Alabama's Gulf Coast. She's a, that's a huge company one of the largest Mm -hmm. in in the area, if not the country. And they look at all their decisions in terms of economies of scale. And the natural, conventional business advice for how are you going to answer your telephones would be to outsource that to a call center, 
somewhere. But her mother, Sheila Hodges, who she just took the company over for from, refused to have anybody answering the call, anybody other than somebody who was sitting in the office, Mm -hmm. who had their ears and their boots on the ground. And the beauty of that is you can only be a local in one place. It's not something that outsiders can just do. Unless, of course, they're able to secure some sort of key player like the one that you interacted with in Costa Rica. But I think understanding that role of localness, both as a business and as the individuals within a local community, it it makes all the difference. Yeah, that's certainly something that that works for, for our company. We might have properties five hours away or six hours away in a different direction, but we've been to every one of them and we intimately know the neighborhoods. And we've been there. We've eaten in the restaurants. We've shopped in the local stores and we've hiked the, the trails. So, And that can't just be cloned or outsourced. No, no, it can't. All right. So you approve of that one. I, I like, I like that, you know, I, but I just wanted to get across, you know, for, for those people who are operating remotely, that this is not precluding them from being part of, of this specialness, if you like. Yeah. Like Terry White is a fantastic example. It's someone who lives in Canada and manages the properties in uh, Florida. And he has a strong enough understanding of what's happening on the ground there. Mm -hmm. He has all the knowledge. Nancy McAleer, another fantastic example who has local connections stronger than some locals do. The intent and the time that's invested in creating that local expertise Mm-hmm. if you're good enough, can be done remotely for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What's, uh, what's your number three? Number three is specialized. And specialization is another one of those things that you can kind of only be a specialist in one thing if you're going to do it really well. That's by nature, the definition of, of a specialty. And the businesses that I've met the owners and the managers across the board have found a niche or a specialty that they are offering. And it manifests itself in a number of ways. There's geographical specialization. If you want to uh, get really granular, having properties that are located all within one building or all within one block or all within one community or neighborhood, or if you zoom back out a little bit, in one city or one state. So that specialization in one particular geographical region was huge. Special interest, specializing in a kind of traveler interest was another immediate way that these individuals were setting themselves apart from competition and really creating a game that is stacked in their favor. Mm -hmm. And finally, properties that have specialized features. So it could be a a private pool with no one else looking into it. That could be a specialized niche in a destination that has houses that are very close together, waterfalls or themed bedrooms or large homes or small homes or tree houses. The property feature thing, when really refined and specialized, 
was a way that all of these owners and managers were carving out for themselves a completely different set of terms. And they were no longer going up against the big guys or the richer guys, Mm -hmm. but rather speaking to people independently on an entirely separate level. Um, You got a couple of examples. Yeah. One of my favorite examples uh, of specialty niche is Sharon Skurlock. And she was featured in last season of the Unlocked podcast. Her specialty is farm vacation rentals. Skurlock Farms, and this is when you start to see each of these pillars begin to layer on one another. It's a family company. She and her husband run it. Sometimes their kids and their kids' kids help out. It's a family-owned farm that they've turned into vacation rentals. It is local. It's highly integrated in every aspect of the community from giving back to simply referring their guests to local businesses. It's just steeped in localness in that sense. Mm -hmm. And from a property standpoint, she's found herself one of the most remarkable specialty niches. Uh, She signed up for a listing site that she'll mention any chance she gets that's called Farmstay US. And that listing site generates more bookings for her than the other major listing sites combined. And that's just because that's who she is. And she's decided to avoid getting into anything that is not farm vacation rentals. And she's created this incredible limited edition style hospitality that I think is very uh, inspiring. Oh, absolutely. And a couple of other niches that, that sort of come to mind. And one is accessibility because there are, and, and I can't remember the name of it. There, there is a. Villa Carpe Diem. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm the, I remember staying there, Villa Carpe Diem in Cyprus, stayed there for 10 days and didn't need all the wonderful accessible features that it had. But the owner there had, had really gone to town on making a fully accessible vacation rental for people with severe disabilities. And this came about because his friend had a, a, an accident, became quadriplegic and wanted somewhere to go and, and stay, go away on vacation. So this Villa Carpe Diem was really customised for this friend and it, it can't be much more specialised than that. There is also a, a, a site, and I can't remember that site's name, but it's it's um, specialises in properties for autistic, for, for families with autistic children. So the properties have the sensory rooms where children can go and, you know, the padded walls and, you know, it's not echoing and that sort of thing. I will find that. Uh, I'll find a link to that because I think that is a, that's just a perfect example of specialization. Two other amazing examples from last season. One was Bob Garner, who, uh, if you ever listen to any podcasts you've heard before, he has really proven that environmentally conscious vacation rental niche is probably the lowest hanging fruit for the majority of our listeners. It's investments and gestures in upgrading your consciousness, both in terms of things that you buy and ways that you decorate, but also practices and ways that you communicate yourself. Communicating that you are environmentally conscious, it shouldn't have to be, but it is a huge niche Mm -hmm. that immediately sets you apart. 
Another great one is Anthony Gant, gentleman who we interviewed with At Ease Vacation Rentals, which is for military families because he had a ton of trouble booking a vacation rental for his own family because the military wouldn't reimburse the vacation rentals like they would a hotel. So this is another fantastic way to reverse engineer your niche. It's by asking yourself when you travel, what are the things that you're unable to satisfy easily? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to vacation rentals, the chances are there's some, there's a, quite a few of them. If you have particular needs or interests, chances are you do a lot of sleuth work trying to find the right place. And it takes a lot of time and it's frustrating. So using that as a way to reverse engineer your niche, you happen to know that area best is a nice little hack for people to use. Yeah. I love this idea of specialization and niches because you will fill, you will create that occupancy by appealing to those people who, as you say, they're sleuthing around trying to find that perfect spot that meets their needs. And if you can be out there with that spot, it's a done deal. Another great um, tip on how to do that or example is Kirsten King from Big Sky Vacation Rentals. And in our interview with her, one of my big takeaways was she was getting bombarded with all these new opportunities, new properties, new employees, new deals that were just coming to her because she was doing such a fantastic job. And at one point she just said, you know what? I'm not going to accept anything that falls outside of this little circle that I want to do and that I'm really good at. And she forewent a lot of money there. Mm -hmm but in the process built this really tight enterprise that she knew really well and that she could consistently represent. And I think that's kind of a reasonable expectation for all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot to take in there. Um, and, and just uh, as an aside here, we've mentioned mentioning a lot of people. Uh, we're mentioning a lot of unlocked episodes. Uh, I will make sure that all of those go onto the show notes. So oh, you know, a lot of listening here. Because yeah. there's a lot of lot of learning. Listen to this, listen to what Matt's saying, and then go and delve into some of those episodes and and learn more in depth from these people. So should we move on to the fourth pillar? Yes, indeed. Surprises. Surprises. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. And for those who are following, we've got family, local, specialized, surprises. That spells floss <laughs> minus the O in the middle. So I was thinking about leading with that, but I wasn't sure it really was going to hit hard. So if you need to remember these four things, just think floss without the O in the middle. Okay. F-L-S-S. Surprises. could think of something for the O. (laughs) I spent the last five hours trying to come up with it. Surprises is more on the operational side, more on the interaction side with the guests. One of the biggest things that I have learned over these five years is that the moment the guest enters the home is when the marketing for the future stay begins. And I certainly never viewed my vacation rental business in that way. I never would have justified spending money on a little gift or time on a handwritten note. I wouldn't have been able to justify that in terms of return on investment, like I can very confidently do now. The moment that guest comes in the door, more often than not, it's a new lead coming in through an OTA, is your big chance to get 
the repeat or the referral booking, which is something that everybody wants. And if you, if you're not putting these little gesture thoughts into it, you miss out on pretty much everything else. That said, these surprises, these little quirks, these are the little gestures that separate us from the predictable hotel or vacation rental corporation down the street. And the easiest way that I can advise people to come up with the surprises is think what the hotels do and do exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like do something that a hotel would never do within reason. I think most of the people listening here have a pretty good head on their shoulders. But if you do something that the hotels would never do, i.e. something that is almost confoundingly expensive or time consuming or doesn't really make sense immediately, think about that as your surprise. Think about that as your little gesture to remain in the minds of these guests. And I think most of the people who listen to this already do all the little things really well. So it's just kind of adding on some of these additional little surprises that that guest can take home to their friends and say, you know, this was an amazing vacation rental experience, but you're not going to believe it. They also did this. So let me give you an example. I had a a Facebook message from Steve Elsie from Vacation Adirondacks recently, and he sent me a, a, a little photo of a front door of one of his properties. And on that front door was a wooden sign with the family name. And he has a lot of repeat guests. So for his repeat guests, he's had their signs made. And it's relatively inexpensive, $28 for each sign. But as these repeat guests arrive at the door, there is their family name beside the door. I, I, I just think that is, is fantastic because I've seen some of the response that he's been getting from these, these families. You know, we got there and, oh, wow, this is our place. Mark Baston from um, Yonder in North Carolina has these boards inside of the kitchen in the dining area. Uh, They're like open kitchen floor plans and there's a dining area that's like a little sort of corner. And he's got these boards where they're magnetized, I believe. If they're not magnetized, they just sit on a little ledge and they put the letters and they spell out, welcome Bayer family. So it's not an actual sign that they're gifting to the folks, but it achieves the same thing. Yes. And and these are such simple things because people walk in the doors and, and you get that immediate oh my gosh, I've been welcomed. I feel, and it all comes down to that emotion, that emotion of feeling wanted and welcomed. And I think back to the idea of viewing these hospitality gestures as your marketing, it does take extra time for the housekeeping in Mark's properties to put those signs together, to put the letters up that says, welcome Bayer family. That's time that ultimately Mark is paying for, but it is arguably the best mm-hmm. kind of, of return on investment that you could ever hope for. Far better than even um, what you're paying out commission-wise to your OTAs. Oh, way beyond that. Because I've seen some of, the, I've seen some of these images on Instagram where people have got to places and there's a personal note for them, or there's a, a, just a bunch of wildflowers you know, you don't necessarily have to go a distance with a gift. A Some freshly picked wildflowers is just sufficient. Um, it makes people feel, this is what the hotels don't do. 
Yeah, sometimes that's the easiest way to think about it. Um, <laughs> shout out to John Odin of Heike House in Nashville, Tennessee. We did an episode of Sense of Place there. John has a really simple gesture in which he asks his guests upon confirming the booking, what's their favorite drink? And it could be alcohol. I, of course, answered alcohol. He said, yeah, but like, can you be a little bit more specific? I said, yes, I love sake. And you could, of course, say cider. You could say orange juice. My father would say orange juice. My father doesn't drink. And he has his team purchase that drink so that it's in the fridge for your arrival. And you could take the drink and replace that with anything. But he views that as a cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. He views that as a marketing cost, which I, in my business, would never have been able to correlate as tidily as John does there. But it really is makes all the difference. Yeah, I talked to John as well long time ago on the podcast and yes, was blown away with that. You, you walk in the door, open the fridge and there is your favorite drink. It's powerful yeah. and simple. I think that's a lot of these things that we've been talking about. It's all simple. The, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing mind blowing about this. It's something simple that anybody can do to be outstanding. And I think it takes choosing something that you're, you think is really cool, mm-hmm. you think is really special. That is what is most important. The thought that goes into it, the thought that counts, that old cliche is so true here because it is a reflection of the first things that we talked about today of being a family business, of being local, of being specialty. This is your little seal, your little stamp on that package. Mm -hmm. And the more thought that we can put into it, the prouder that we can be of that little gesture. This is the chance to get creative and and think of something that you're really excited about and that your team can get excited about. I would like to hear from anybody who's out there listening. We've talked about a lot of different people who do different amazing things. And and I'd love to hear from anyone who is currently listening or anytime listening. What do you do that just goes that extra mile? And uh, put that, that onto the show notes and I can share that in a future episode. And I think for those listening and thinking to themselves, okay, these are all great ideas. I'm not sure I have the brain power for it. I'm not sure I have the time. I'm not sure I have the resources. I think what is really helpful is to see how it does connect back to the final bottom line. And all of those things that we just talked about, family, local, specialized, surprises, floss. Flossing <laughs> flossing leads to five-star reviews because the guests are wowed. It leads to repeat stays because the guests are wowed. And it leads to referral bookings because the guests are wowed. These are four things that most of our colleagues, most of the people listening to this episode have within them, but it does require a little bit of intentional action, Mm -hmm. investment, organizing, whatever you want to call it. Because increasingly there's this sea change happening and we have everybody and their sister entering the market, plenty of whom are going to try to undercut you and are going to try to do things faster and bigger than you. So more than ever before, it's really 
etching out in stone what are these things that make you you, the limited edition vacation rental professional. And I think that's kind of the cool part of our industry is that if you do all those things, you actually have the product that the consumers want. This is a movement that's driven by travelers who want a more limited edition place to stay. And we have that within us. I think we all do. And that, that is a, a good point to, uh, to wrap up, I think, Matt. I love floss. I'm still, I'm going to think about the O. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, a great acronym to allow people to really think about it, you know, from family, maybe just go back to your about us. Go on. You've got a, a finger in the air. <laughs> well, I want to continue on the floss, a metaphor for one second. When a dentist is trying to get somebody to floss regularly, he or she tells them to commit to flossing one tooth per day. One, one tooth floss is all they're asking from, from one day. And their science and patterns of human psychology tells them that if you're doing one tooth, you're on your way to doing all the teeth. So I would argue the same thing applies here. If all of this sounds big and grandiose and you're not exactly sure where to start, start with flossing one tooth and the rest will come. Perfect. What's what's next on Matt Landau's agenda then? Matt Landau is going to go out for an ocean swim. (laughs) So that's short term. Anything in the long term? Heather, I'm most excited right now about growing VRMB communities, which is has always been and is more than ever my core business. Uh, it's a virtual community. You've been a member since the very start of people who are trying to do this properly and are trying to solve the problems together. There are plenty of people who will sell you on getting rich on Airbnb. There are plenty of people who will tell you how to become wealthy overnight on short-term rentals. This is not that group. This is the kind of person that listens to the Heather Heather's work, that participates in Heather's Facebook groups. It's someone who's looking to build a meaningful business that lasts and to do so on their own terms. So that may seem like uh, boring by now because it's all I've been doing for the past six years. Uh, but it is more important to me than ever before to continue refining our best practices, to continue the meaningful discussions, exploring, sharing what's working and what's not what's not working. This for me is not um, glamorous at this point. It's more put your head down and focus on uh, doing the hard work. But that that's my that's my medium term future after my swim. Well, that's good. And, and certainly the VR, VRMB communities are somewhere that I think everybody should think of going and having a look at and uh, taking part in because it's, there's, some, there's deep and meaningful discussions, there's lighthearted discussions, there's a heck of a lot of learning in there. So I will put a link to that on the show notes so that you can go take a look. And if you're not a member of, of the VRMB community, go do it right now. And Heather, we cannot end this without once more recognizing 400 episodes you have created. That is more than any vacation rental podcast or media effort in the history of humankind. (laughs) 
oh, there's others that are fast, fast catching up. I know I, I started in the introduction and said, you know, I, I think I was the very first one way back in 2013. There's a lot out there now. Uh, it's a little bit more challenging to keep, uh, to keep those listeners coming, but there's some really valuable ones. And I, and I strongly recommend people going to look to listen to Unlocked Matt's podcast, as well as a few others. And I'll be putting those, my favorite ones, on the show notes. Matt, you were the perfect. We, we thought long and hard, what do we do for this 400th episode? Who do we have on? Who is the most special? And you were it. Aww. Of course, just remember, a few, few other people turned it down. <laughs> just remember to floss. That's all I guess. I will remember to floss. Everybody remember to floss. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. You will be back on the, on the show again at, uh, at some point in the future, in the not too distant future, I hope. Uh, in the meantime, have a really good swim. Thank you. Congratulations again. Well, that was so fitting to have Matt Landau with me. I mean, Matt has been on the show more often than anybody else. And it was an absolute pleasure. I knew he wouldn't let me down, even though I I honestly did only give him five hours notice and said, hey, I want you to come, come along and give us a masterclass in hospitality. But he certainly took the challenge. And I thought that was really, really great. So head on over to the show notes, please, because I'm going to spend some time. I have spent some time really uh, going through that and making sure there's some, some good information there, plus links to absolutely everybody that, we, that uh, Matt mentioned that, and that I mentioned on the show. So uh, that's it for episode 400. It's really, really seems odd. Seems, yeah, it, uh, it blows my mind a little bit. You know, Matt kept saying 400, 400, and I really hadn't taken it on board that that was actually that many uh, until, until today. So next week's is going to be 401, and then we'll work towards the 500, which if my math is correct, will come sometime in 2022. <laughs> 23, sorry, 2023. My math has never been my strong, strong point, but onwards and upwards, as they say. So thank you for listening to this great, great episode. And uh, I'll be bringing Matt Lando on many, many more times in the future, I am quite sure. And uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.